Are you an EMDR therapist and parent who wants to make more money, have more time with your family, and get better results with your clients? Welcome to the Future Template Parent Podcast. I'm your host, Carolyn Solo, LCSW, EMDR consultant, business coach, and mom of three kids under seven. I realized that the grind of weekly sessions was taking a massive toll on my ability to be the kind of parent and therapist I wanted to be. So I dove headfirst into learning about intensives. I read all the books and articles and did all the trainings. Now I've transformed my schedule, my income, and my clinical outcomes by offering intensive EMDR in my practice. I want to teach you how to do this too, so you can build a practice you love and spend more quality time with your family. Let's create the future template for your life as a parent and as a therapist. Hi, and welcome to episode 12 of the Future Template Parent Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I'm your host, Carolyn Solo, LCSW, EMDR consultant and mom of three daughters. In the last episode, we just finished up our three-episode series that was all about adapting the eight phases of EMDR to the intensive model. So go back and catch up on those episodes if you haven't listened. I kind of think there's some real diamonds, some they're gold mines of information, if I do say so myself. Today, however, we're going to start talking about something a little different. We're going to talk myth-busting. Three myths about EMDR intensives and what I think are the truths behind those myths. I think it's really important to talk about some of these myths because they do actually get in the way of EMDR therapists deciding to move forward with offering intensives in their practice. There are many more myths we could cover in this episode, but I thought I would start with the three that I hear about most often when I'm working with EMDR therapists who are interested in offering intensives but feel kind of hesitant. So myth number one, clients don't have time for and they can't afford and or they can't afford intensives. Not always both. But I thought I would roll these two together into one point because they're the two most common client factors I hear therapists expressing concern about. And really, they're kind of both part of the same fear, which is that clients aren't familiar with this idea of an intensive, that they're not going to buy in, that you'll have to sell them on the idea of an intensive. And, you know, we therapists do not like the idea of having to sell anything, right? We want someone to just say, of course, I want this and tell me where to go and when to be there, right? But, you know, we are people who have to market the services we offer, right? Especially if we're offering a high ticket item like an intensive. You're not just going to have your random person off the street be like, yes, I want to do that. So, yes, you do have to market your intensives. And it's true that 12 to 14 hours of therapy over two weeks is a significant amount of time. And, yes, $3,000 plus is a lot of money to spend on therapy in a couple of weeks. But... I think the results make both the time and the financial investment worthwhile. So when talking to clients in a consult, I address both of these concerns, the time and the money concerns with this Disney fast pass of therapy analogy, which probably heard me mention in other episodes, you know, like the Disney fast pass, sure, you're paying more upfront, but ultimately you're spending less time, you know, in line. If you were at Disney World, it would be in line. For us, it's they're spending less time in your office, right? And you're getting more bang for your buck. You're getting a better experience overall, right? Like, you know, if you have the fast pass, you're going to get to go on more rides, I guess. I don't think I've ever actually used it. So I could be wrong in this analogy. But the idea is you spend less time in line, you get to go on all the things you want, right? So you're getting a better experience. You're getting, I would say, more bang for your buck, right? Better results in less time. 
And maybe you actually get to go on more rides. So it's a better value. And as far as therapy is concerned, right, not only less time because you're doing, as I said, 12 to 14 hours of therapy in two weeks. And let me just remind you of what my model is in case you don't remember from the previous times I've mentioned it in other episodes. I do a 90 minute initial intake, and then three, four hour days with the client. And I also do a half hour free console at the beginning. So all that added together is 14 hours, I say 12 to 14, because sometimes it takes a little bit less. Um, But that's my model for an intensive. And I try to spread it out over not more than two weeks, um, to maximize the kind of intensive effect. But so not only are you spending less time, like you're doing it in less time, because it's only two weeks, as opposed to one hour every week for however long, But each of those therapy hours, in my opinion, is equivalent to at least two regular 50-minute sessions, right? So in that 12 to 14 hours, I really do consider each one of those hours, you're getting like double the value. It's like two hours of a regular sort of therapy model. So why do I say that? Well, one, on a very basic math front, most of us see, when we see hourly clients, the sessions are 50 minutes, right? We really do try hard to keep it to that so you can go pee, write your note get a breather, right? So if you're doing four hours, you're probably not taking a 10 minute break at the end of every hour. The way I do it is I do two hours, one hour break, two hours. So it's a five hour day, right? So basically, those two hours before the break, before the one hour break, we usually don't take a break, actually, unless someone has to pee or something. And so that's 120 minutes, as opposed to two 50 minute sessions, which would be 100 minutes. So just in one day alone, you're getting an extra 40 minutes, (laughs) almost an extra hour. So, you know, there's that. You get full hours in an intensive. But also, unlike in a typical therapy session, like one that happens each week, you're not opening up and closing down each session, right? In EMDR, you definitely want to make sure that you spend some time at the end of your session containing the, you know, the affect, containing the emotions, containing the events you were processing. You might want to do some grounding. You might want to connect the client with their safe place. Whatever you do to help them close down the session and feel ready to go back into their day, right? It's part of the protocol. That can take 10 minutes. Maybe if someone's really, you know, stable, or you guys have really good rapport, and you have your system, maybe five minutes, sometimes 15 minutes. And then often most of us at the beginning of the session have a 10 minute sort of like, how was your week? Did anything else come up, etc, etc. So if you add that together, that's, you know, it could be 20 minutes of time of the session that you're spending on that with only 30 minutes left to do processing, to do desensitization. But you're not doing that when you're doing three days where you'll have maybe a little bit of opening up at the first hour, a little bit of closing down at the end of the last hour of the day, but the rest of the time you are fully in the protocol. So you're not losing that time either, right? So I kind of think of it as, you know, every hour is kind of like the equivalent of two, maybe more, you know, weekly sessions. And the other thing that I think is really important is when you have a client who comes in for an intensive, the focus is different. You and the client have a plan that you want to execute in a really focused way, which is guided by the treatment planning that you do at the beginning of the intensive. If you want to know more about how I treatment plan for intensives, listen to episodes eight and nine. Episode eight is about RTEP, um, the recent traumatic event protocol, which is what I use to structure my intensives. And episode nine talks about phases one and two and how I adapt them for the intensive model. So those two episodes will tell you a lot about how I treatment plan. 
So when a client agrees to an intensive, they usually have a point of focus coming in already, and we really refine that during the you know first hour or two. So there's usually a specific event or a theme or a problem that feels stuck for them. It's been difficult to unstick. Usually they kind of want to knock it out of the park and they want to feel that they have a competent guide, which is, of course, you, the therapist. So you're not really going to have those problem of the week type sessions in an intensive in which you get to minute 40 and realize you haven't done much desensitization, if any, and the session has felt more like a traditional talk therapy session or a CBT session. And I am not here ever to say that there's no place for any other therapeutic modality besides EMDR. But what I am saying is that an intensive model does not look like a traditional therapy hour, right? But even I have found in my time as an EMDR therapist that when I was doing more kind of hourly sessions, like week to week, sometimes a weekly session would end up sounding a lot more like a talk therapy session than anything else. But when an intensive client comes into your office, they're asking for something different, you're orienting them to look for something different, to expect something different, and you're going to give them something different. I like to tell prospective clients to think of the time we spend together almost like a retreat of some kind. Take the whole day off work, arrange for childcare, try to get good sleep. It is an investment of time, of course it is, and probably requires taking a few vacation days. But the time savings in the long run are huge. You don't need to be taking time off each week to travel to and from my office, plus the hour for the appointment. In some ways, it's easier to arrange childcare and time off in the short term and not have to do so for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Even a virtual session can be hard for people to fit into their workday, you know, once a week. And think about how their lives will change for the better after making significant progress in this one area after just a few days compared to if it took months and months and months to get the same results. If someone has been struggling with work anxiety and they've been missing hours or days here and there at work as a result, Working through the issue in a few longer intensive days over a couple of weeks will mean that they can get back to their lives with less interruption overall. Instead of taking months and months and months, maybe even more to get to the same place and all the effects of that as a result, right? Like they're going to be missing more work. Maybe they're fighting with their partner. Maybe they're irritable with their kids. But if they could really work through that more quickly, they would have so much less of that. So those negative effects would you know, diminish so rapidly because the results are so much quicker. So regarding money, again, you know, paying $3,000 plus over two weeks and making huge progress or paying, I don't know, my hourly rate for just an hourly client is $200 a session as opposed to $250 for an intensive hour. So, you know, four sessions at $200, $800 a month for six months. And that's, that's $4,800, which is obviously more than $3,000. And I guarantee you're not going to get as far in that time. The six months with the $4,800, I really, really don't think you'll have made as much progress. I have seen the difference in so many ways with so many clients. So the investment, it's actually a savings, right? You're paying less money, literally paying less money. And the invaluable reality of moving forward in your life with all the positive outcomes of the work in just two weeks instead of waiting months and months for those outcomes, right? I had a client come in two weeks before a big trip that required a long plane ride. And this client had a lot of flight anxiety, has always had a lot of flight anxiety. We did some great work in the intensive. And after the intensive, which we finished a few days before their trip, they told me that this was the first time in their life 
Maybe they meant their adult life. I'm not, I didn't ask because I hope they weren't taking Ativan as a four-year-old. But this is the first time in their life that they'd taken a flight without taking an Ativan. And, you know, that client did not have six months to wait for that kind of result. They needed to get better quickly so they could go on this trip. So I don't know. I feel like that's evidence to me that this is a worthwhile model. Okay, so myth number two. Now, this is something I actually heard a lot when I started learning about intensives. And it scared me at first. (laughs) That an intensive needs to be five days in a row, eight hours in a day. That that's an intensive. There are plenty of intensive therapists out there who use this model, and I totally applaud them. Like, it's phenomenal. Sadie Smith, who's one of the two women who run Scaling Up, which is a company that teaches EMDR therapists to offer intensives, she uses this model, and she calls it a story-clearing intensive, meaning that she attempts to work through a significant amount of major attachment or developmental trauma in you know that, those five days of eight hours each. It's phenomenally effective, and right now it's not for me. <laughs> I actually was scared away from intensives for a while because I thought that this is what I needed to be offering. And it just sounded exhausting and really overwhelming. So if this is what you think an intensive has to be, either as a therapist or as a client, let me be the one to tell you that it doesn't need to be this way. If working this way is appealing to you, definitely go for it. There is a market for that model. There's a need for that model. But for me, it just felt totally exhausting to contemplate. So thankfully, I was still interested in intensives and kept reading more and more about them. And I found other intensive therapists working in other ways, which gave me the permission. I'm a big rule follower. (laughs) Well, in some ways, not in every way. But you know, for a while, I had it in my mind that this was the way and I had to do it that way if I wanted to do intensives. But thankfully, I found other people doing it differently. And I said, Okay, I could actually try this. I got permission, you know, from seeing these other therapists, I gave myself permission to experiment and to play around with what I thought I could handle. Um, I started with offering two-hour sessions to current clients, clients I was already working with, you know, in the sort of the traditional weekly model. I was initially nervous about even two hours. I remember thinking, what if the time really drags? What if I get bored? It's so interesting to me now that I thought that. I think it was more that I was worried I would sort of become ungrounded and lose focus, which that's a different thing. It's not the same as being bored, but that's the word I kept getting stuck on. And I think also it had to do with the fact that more like I was fearing becoming ungrounded because I didn't feel like I was doing it right, kind of. So this was just part of my process of becoming comfortable with a new modality. But sometimes I do find it's important to engage in like grounding exercises myself when a client is in the midst of a BLS set, you know, I make sure I'm like pressing my feet into the floor, I focus on my own breathing, notice the room around me. Um, But for some reason, I had this idea that I would get bored in my head. (laughs) I think it's because I was so used to talking all the time as a therapist, right? Even though, of course, we know that's not really what we're supposed to be doing. But as you can tell from listening to this podcast, I know how to talk. So, you know, (laughs) but really, I found that the time just flew by. Um, And this helped to build my confidence. Um, And I tried with my current clients first before I started offering the option to new clients. About a year ago, I started telling new clients about intensives on the initial consult call. And for about about the past six months, I say I only offer intensives. And I say that about 80% of the time, clients who are interested in working with me say yes to an intensive, even if they don't know what one is before they talk to me. If they want to work with you, they will likely be interested in an intensive if they want to work with you. That is, if you are committed to the model. I promise it's not a hard sell. Like I've said before, my current model is a 90-minute intake and then three, four-hour sessions over two weeks. 
Sometimes a client will tack on an additional four-hour session a month later, a few weeks later. But initially, I knew that the model of five days a week, eight hours in any day was just too much for me and that I was going to get burned out. I felt like by the end of day two of that, if not sooner, I'd be done. But the model I've settled on for now works for me and it works for my clients. You can do what works for you. And of course, what works for you now may not work for you in a year. Hey, who knows? Maybe I'll try offering a five-day myself. Maybe I'll do one of those a month, then have two lighter weeks in a month, and one week completely off. That's the beauty of this model. You can do what works for you. You're not stuck in a 50-minute hour every week like we were taught that we had to do. You can do what you want to do, and you can charge what you want to charge. We are on to myth number three. The results of intensives are oversold. So this is something I struggled with as I started to offer intensives in a more intentional way. As I started to move away from experimenting with longer sessions and then moving into telling all new clients that I offered intensives exclusively. I had heard other people talking about intensives and I was interested and excited, but I wasn't sure I could really buy into the certainty with which other people were talking about them. Like, this is it. This is the thing. One thing I will say that can ease your mind a bit if you are worried about this is check out the research on intensives. It's really compelling. Um, It's still an emerging area of research, but the research is solid and it's positive. In episode four of the podcast, I talk about what to put on your website about intensives. And one of the things I talk about in that episode in more depth is the research supporting intensives. And I can also give you lots more detail on the research evidence if you book my VIP coaching day. That's one of the things we talk about. So first of all, there is no therapy magic bullet, right? (laughs) Intensives are amazing, but nothing is going to solve everyone's issues forever, right? Talking about any kind of therapeutic modality as the thing that will fix everything is, you know, inaccurate at best and potentially like intentionally misleading. I do believe that EMDR helps clients move through stuck points more effectively than talk therapy. Yes, I do believe that bottom-up, body- and brain-based therapies are the approaches that result in the most significant change. And I never, ever, ever promise anyone anything when we are beginning our work together. During the initial assessment and intake, I do my best to get a sense of what the scope of the presenting issue is, what we will most likely be able to accomplish in my intensive structure, and I give the client my best guess based on what I know of their history and based on my own clinical experience with other clients on what I think we can do in our time together. And of course, I always emphasize that I can never guarantee outcomes. And of course, my paperwork backs me up on this. Of course, you can never guarantee outcomes. With any individual, there are just so many variables. However, I have never had a client who has worked with me intensively in any capacity say that they got nothing out of it, say that they wish they hadn't spent the money, said it was a waste of time. Every single one of my clients has had some sort of tangible, concrete outcome. Maybe those outcomes don't match their original goals completely, but there's always some progress and often significant progress. Part of the art of EMDR is that the work that we think we are going to do at the start of our time together may not be the work that we actually end up doing, but there is something productive and tangible that happens. And I do believe that our system, our systems, our nervous systems really are wise and know where the work needs to go, right? No matter what we think the work needs to be. Um, So for an example, I did a one-day, six-hour intensive with a client that I had worked with for several months as an hourly client. This client was hoping to access some very like shadowy and vague memories of childhood abuse to gain some more clarity about what had happened to them as a child. 
And this was an area that in our weekly sessions, we'd made very little progress on for months. So we thought, hey, let's try an intensive day. And it was still extremely difficult to access those memories for this client. We just didn't get there. However, this client did get to a place at the end of the day of recognition that they needed to put in their notice at their job, a decision they had been wrestling with for months. I won't go into the details of how that happened, of course, to protect this client's confidentiality. But this decision emerged organically throughout the course of the day. And it was definitely related to where we were starting from, even though we didn't know that that's where the, the, um, the day was going to go. And that decision was the right one. And it was an important one, the decision to leave their job. It has opened up a lot of other positive and creative avenues in this client's life. So could we call that a success? I think so. I think it shows that, you know, this kind of intensive work where we can really drop deeply into our nervous systems and really, you know, step away from the restrictions of, of a time-bound hour, 50-minute session, really allows our systems to go where they need to go, our client systems to go where they need to go. So, you know, I say be brave, try an intensive, face the fears and anxieties you might have about them and see what happens. I don't think there's anything to lose, really. So today's episode, we talked a bit about some common myths about intensives, one that clients won't be willing or able to commit the money or time to an intensive, two, that an intensive has to be this full 40-hour week experience, that that's the only model that can work, and three, that the outcomes of intensives have been oversold. I hope that in our myth-busting episode, you've learned something that's given you some confidence to try intensives and to not be scared away from experimenting. So thanks so much for listening today. Um, If you're interested in working with me, you can always reach out to me. Um, I do an intensives coaching package where you get up and running with intensives in a single day. Um, I also do consultation towards certification, if you're interested in that as well. Check out my website, www.futuretemplateparent.com for more details on how to work with me. I'm excited for our next episode, which is going to be a little bit more personal. I'm going to talk more about how offering intensives is both incredibly positive for me as a parent and also how it brings up some unexpected challenges for me as a parent. So be sure to listen. Thanks so much for tuning in and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Future Template Parent Podcast. I hope you've learned something that can help you move from feeling overwhelmed to energized about your practice and your personal life. You don't have to choose one over the other. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, and please share it with another EMDR therapist who would benefit from hearing this episode. Each review helps us get the message out about how offering EMDR intensives can liberate your practice. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app so you don't miss a single episode. See you next week.